Hi everyone, uh, welcome to a new Poolside with Poker Starter session uh, where we come together to share knowledge and experiences with the community in an informal and conversational way. Thank you all for joining us. Um, on this episode and together with our guests, we will explore the future of finance uh, with GMX, a leading decentralized spot and perpetual exchange. So today we have with us CoinFlip, who, part, who is the partnership and strategy lead for GMX. Uh, welcome. Don't forget that you will be able to claim an exclusive OAT for the first 300 submitted valid emails. And after the session, sign up on Galx to grab your OAT. So welcome, CoinFlip. First of all, um, could you please introduce yourself? Thanks. Uh, yeah, so thank you for that kind introduction. Uh, I've go by the pseudo non uh, moniker of CoinFlip Canada. I've been been with, involved with GMX since uh, the launch of the GMX DAO um, late last year, a little over a year ago. GMX, for those who aren't uh, are aren't familiar, uh, is a uh, decentralized perpetuals platform that's deployed on Arbitrum and Avalanche. Uh, we provide uh, access to leverage or margin uh, trading, hedging strategies, and the like using uh, a combination of Oracle supported from the largest liquidity pools uh, for large crypto tokens and a uh, liquidity pool containing, you know, a leading basket of crypto assets so that all trades executed are done so on chain transparently and with a clear one to one backing. Okay, great. Thank you for introducing uh, GMX to the audience. Um, so can you please share a little bit of your background and how you got into crypto? Happy to. Uh, so, uh, Depending, I mean, everybody's journey is a little bit different. I, uh, I can, I can remember way, way back to those little articles in the corner of newspapers where Bitcoin was a dollar. I said that sounds really interesting, but never looked into it further. But uh, in, two, in late 2017, uh, I think when crypto was really starting to enter a lot of people's, um, you know, views and sites, I, I definitely spent a lot. I, I definitely spent time both. Uh, dabbling in the space, um, both from a, uh, you know, maybe purchasing, participating in ICOs, a little bit of trading, although that's not never been my forte. Um, and, you know, I spent that time really trying to educate myself uh, on the space and really uh, was, in, was really taken, uh, really excited by the idea of smart contracts. Uh, and, and that way, you know, what could potentially be possible, you know, even more so than say what Bitcoin could do as, as to money, I, the, the concept of the notion around pro protocols and people building on smart contracts really caught my imagination. And I, and I remember constantly following and, and looking at projects at that time that were, you know, looking at digital identity, we're looking at, um, you know, we're looking at supply chain, we're looking at a lot of different ways to really, you know, interact and, and utilize these systems. Um, but DeFi wasn't something that I think I even had fully understood yet, and spent spent some time away from crypto. And, and in and in twenty twenty, uh, sort of really started focusing back. And and I think that's where as as I could as as DeFi was really taking hold, I really it really unlocked the remaining pieces of the puzzle in my mind, and that's where I I sort of went. You could say all in. Um, to be very, you know very much a DeFi native. That was both from my own. The way I held my assets sovereignly, the way that I traded, the way that I looked and I engaged with protocols and looked at the space and looked at the potential. Um, and, you know, I was I was very lucky to come across other contributors uh, who were involved in earlier protocols that eventually turned into GMX, many other platforms. And, 
yeah, that, that was kind of my journey. But the last one year, uh, as I went from sort of advisor to becoming a core contributor at GMX, it's just been, you know, a wonderful experience just uh, of, of realizing that, you know, anything is possible. You just have to keep working at it. How did you get into GMX? So, uh, you know, I actually, I actually, interestingly enough, I participated in a protocol earlier, which was actually what was one of the protocols that eventually merged into, uh, you know, merged and helped to create the GMX DAO, which was called uh, XFX. Uh, and it was, um, you know, it was a protocol built on some very novel uh, features around token decay, uh, token locking, token staking, just a lot of concepts really trying to replicate some real world implications. And uh, I guess the core contributor, who's now even the founder and core contributor of, um, or, you know, one of the one of the founding members or uh, of GMX, uh, XDEV, uh, you know, it was, I guess that was one of the first protocols that he contributed to. And, and it was just, it was to a great extent, it was an, an inter, it was the interactions, um, with XDEV, both, uh, both the, the way that there was feedback taken from the community, the, the way that there was a willingness to understand what, what the users in the community wanted. And, and so for me, it, it became a very special space very early on in my, as I sort of looked at, looked at DeFi. Uh, and it also, you know, for me, it was a blessing beyond GMX. It really got me very focused on making sure that protocols that I contributed in, invested in, they were protocols where you had builders who were happy to interact with the community and 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 were and realize that what is special about you know Web three today is that you get you get to get feedback directly from your users right away, and and to take that feedback and use that to make the best product best product possible. Um, so yeah, for me it was really a, a process from a uh, from a token holder, holder, community member to a, to call it an advisor, or contributor to a core contributor who now spends the vast majority of their time on GMX. Yeah, that's a great evolution. Um, can you can you tell us a, a bit more about GMX main features like GMX Earn, perpetual contracts, unified liquidity? Yeah, I'm happy to. So so with GMX. The, the the part that most people experience is the trading is the ability to both leverage trade and to swap on GMX. So we, you're able to um, with the current and I'll say there's some evolution that's also coming to the protocol. In the current protocol setup, effectively, we allow leverage trading uh, on chain up to 50x leverage on a select number of blue chip crypto assets. Ethereum BTC. Additionally, on Arbitrum, there's Union Link, and on on Avalanche, there's the Avax token, which is the the Apex token of of Avalanche. Uh, and 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 that all of that trading uh, is done with effectively, you know, no MEV. We effectively we created a system where we're able to give people immediate no price impact trading based on the current market price for, aggregated from the leading centralized exchanges. And most notably, there's no execution risk, or I should say more important, sorry, maybe not execution, there's no settlement risk. All of this is backed by GLP, which, which is actually what you, what you would call the GMX earn product. We have a liquidity pool that holds you know, all the assets that I just mentioned uh, in, very, in various weights. Those assets being in the pool effectively allow us to lend out those assets to anybody who would like to open a leverage position and then also hold their 
deposits as collateral against those positions. So both the position, the leverage, everything is transparently available in the smart contract. All settlement can happen there in the contract. The only thing that's being brought in is the external pricing, which we take from leading centralized exchanges. And GMX Earn or GLP as we refer to it, uh, you know, has has provided, you know, extremely compelling returns over the last one year, both, you know, from a risk adjusted basis, it's provided uh, delta positive crypto exposure, roughly half, 50% of the assets are those leading cryptos that I just mentioned. Uh, but there's also a lot of fee earning, and the fee earning comes from people opening positions, closing positions, from people um, uh, borrow fees, and and the, and also a positive or negative impact on the PNL, which can vary, you know, day by day, week by week. Which is the trader PNL. If traders are are are, are, are you could say quote unquote losing, there's more gains that sit within the GLP. If traders are coming out ahead, those fees are being reduced by. Um, you know, the fee earning is being offset by some amount of, you know, payout you could say for traders who are coming out ahead. But over the last year, it's consistently delivered yields. Um, I would say, you know, it's, 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 it's been volatile, but, you know, a 25 to 35% annualized yield has been roughly where it's performed over the last one year. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you're, you're telling us that GMX has an ecosystem with two tokens, so GMX and GLP. Um, what can you tell us about each token utility? Uh, so, so GLP utility is that it is a liquidity pool. It represents a share of the actual underlying assets in the pool. It has it earns seventy percent of the protocol fees uh, for its specific pool of that chain from all trading activity that uh, on the pool. Effectively, you could say it is it is a it is you taking a position and providing liquidity. G GMX, on the other hand, is effectively our protocol governance token. It has both um, thirty percent of the revenue uh, of, um, of fees go to GMX stakers. So it's a GMX stakers, not GMX holders. So there is a staking a staking requirement to be to, to participate in a portion of the fees. Beyond that, you additionally have governance rights over the pools that are being deployed, the ability to suggest uh, other improvements and modifications to the protocol. Uh, and so governance is continuing to evolve, but it's been great because we have we have quite a robust community both between Telegram, Discord, and our governance uh, forum gov.gmx.io, uh, where people are able to contribute to, to the protocol as well. Okay, thank you, thank you for clarifying. Um, so, are there any upcoming new features or new chain integrations and partnerships that you are excited about that you want to share with us? So, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on a lot of unexciting stuff, which is a lot of work on upgrading the protocol in terms of just hardening ourselves from, you know, potential people looking at, you know, economic exploits, uh, uh, code exploits and the like. So we spend most of our time actually focused on, on that. But, you know, in parallel, we have obviously been building for the future. And for us, that's a product called GMX Sense. It's effectively somewhat like a a 2.0 or a 1.5 or a 2.0, I don't know, whatever version of what we've been doing with GMX and GLP. It's it's a new set of contracts that are already out with our auditors. But anyone who would like to, you can go to our site, gmx.io, and link to our GitHub. It's all, all the code is already available. It effectively helps us to, it helps us to create new markets and create markets that are a lot more dynamic. Um, you know, 
to to our credit, I think G, with what with, with GMX, we've tried to create something uh, that was very straightforward and has really caught the attention of the market and maybe grown even larger than we had initially expected. But we want to be able to we want to make sure that everything that makes GMX work well is also able to scale, and we're able to also make sure that we are not limited by market size. So, it's introducing mechanisms that will allow. Uh, small traders really participate in, uh, in all the features that we've been able to provide in GMX and larger traders to also be able to participate, but while also making sure that there's adequate protection for liquidity providers. So we're now, you know, while we are ensuring that there's deep liquidity around different tokens, we are separating them out so that it's, it's more built on pairs. It, it has features that will encourage um, other, other market participants to come in and, for the lack of a better term, balance the market or balance some of the excess open interest, which will allow bigger traders to be able to open larger positions, knowing that there are other people who will take advantage of the opportunities that the opening of big positions create for other people to want to fill those positions. Uh, and we've, we feel that all of these, all of these factors are going to allow both uh, potentially higher utilization uh, and less um, volatility for for liquidity providers uh, by you know by creating a more dynamic two way market. Whereas our mar- current market has sometimes tilted a little bit more one way or the other. Um, but overall, there's there's a lot of features, um, and you know we continue to be working with a lot of key partners, including Chainlink, on uh, you know just getting it all ready to go to market. Additionally, chain expansion has been uh, you know an interesting topic that our community has been reviewing. We definitely think that chain expansion is something that, uh, you know, we, you know, I think if if, gov- if governance looks at it uh, and, and is interested, I think it will happen. But uh, which chain, I think that time will tell, I mean, or which chains? Because, uh, you know, there's always been a focus on making sure that we can, the product can get in front of as many people as possible, but also making sure that it's not just cannibalizing volume from the existing locations of DMX and present. Today, um, um, you know, Ar- Arbitrum has become a bit of a hub of uh, DeFi perpetuals, and we're really excited by that because I think our presence has helped also bring a lot of other players into that environment uh, where traders are. And, you know, we so, you know, if we expand, it'll be to expand into environments where our expansion hopefully helps to helps to showcase a product like GMX to people who have not had that opportunity to experience it yet. Yeah, so what would you say is the the vision for GMX in the long term? It's a little hard because, you know, while, while there's been a lot of, you know, we have a lot of discussion as to, you know, what, what should be built, I guess, within the GMX ecosystem, it largely comes down to what the contributors want to work with and what the community's kind of direction is. There's really no long-term roadmap. I mean, and maybe I, I say that because effectively, you know, the, I can give you instead of the principles. I mean, I think a lot of the things that the, the as contributors we've been focused on is how do we create efficient markets? How do we create equitable markets? So, you know, those are the sort of problems that we've been sort of thinking about. And and that's been the focus. And so, you know, if, if I go through the evolution, you know, most changes that happen are evolutions, GMX to now to sense. It's, it's really been about that. How do you create these balanced environments? Deep liquidity is def- definitely one aspect of that. Um, isolating liquidity in some cases is also a solution to that. I, I, how do you make sure both of them happen? How do you make sure that markets which may have relatively less interest can still be equally robust? That doesn't mean identical to say a market like BTC or E, but you know, with their own parameters. And then how do you take these principles and extend them beyond crypto assets? 
how do you support potentially markets that already exist within within the world beyond crypto and support them on chain in an equally robust and interesting fashion? I mean, those are a lot of the problems that we think about. You, you've, you, you've said and you've, you've underlined very well that you value uh, community and uh, contributors a lot. And uh, in fact, this, this session, uh, the topic of this session is... Uh, is about bringing uh, new users to, to DeFi. And uh, GMX has a very strong community. Uh, in fact, uh, we have already more than 1,800 people listening to this, to this episode. Uh, welcome everyone, no pressure. Um, and I think that's, that's also a, a result of the, of the strong community you've got around GMX. Uh, so can you share with us some insights on how um, to attract new users and keep them engaged around the community, around the brand? I'm happy to. So, uh, and, and again, I think that, I think communities develop in a lot of different fashions. And so, you know, I think one of the most important pieces is to be authentic. Uh, you know, as GMX as, as a community, as a DAO, has sort of evolved a language of its own. And, and by the way, that language is maybe, you know, it's a pretty sensible one. I mean, it's actually been a community that's very much been built around ideas about building, about being focused on what we hope are the right, the right parameters. And and what so one of the big aspects for us has been making sure that and you know, I I literally don't like to talk, I, I can't tell you how much of our success is driven by, for example, our moderators and our and our and our, and our contributors being active in our telegrams and our discords and just engaging because. Every single person actually came up sort of within the ranks of our community, was a voice of our community, and then has carried on to take that responsibility. And so that's sort of, you know, built by and led by uh, and grown by and advocated by and used by the community aspect, I think, has been a really big aspect. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of communities where communication is a, feels like it's a one-way street. We go and we build something, and then people, you know, community just says, you know, when this, when that, and as opposed to a sort of process of engagement. And I think that engagement is a very big part of it. You know, one of the most sort of fun, but it has been, you know, it's kind of reflective uh, of this last one year journey of ours was something called GBC or the GMX Blueberry Club. Uh, and, and it's kind of become a thing now where I've seen a lot of DeFi protocols launch their own NFT projects. We never wanted to launch an NFT project, but community members came together with an idea, something that they said was happy, reflected the sort of real comfort and joy they got being involved with GMX, and they launched they launched a, a, a an, an NFT project. It, and during the time where NFT projects were selling out like crazy and doing all sorts of things, I mean, GBC probably took time to mint out because just members of the community buying and, can, and engaging and really being interested in buying. But it ended up helping to create an identity for, you know, and, and for example, if you see see me on the Twitter space, feel free to follow me, Quint from Canada. I mean, I, I'm proud of my GBC and so are so many people. And and it, it's, again, been something that's just linked our community. But it happened organically. And, and I think that, you know, it's it's really hard to create that community without making, without unless you actually engage the community and, and listen to them. So we have seen a lot of uh, migration of liquidity over the past few weeks, uh, especially after the collapse of FTX. So what are the areas you think are critical for DeFi to bring new users on board? We put out a press release actually a couple of days ago with a handful of the other leading uh, DeFi perpetuals players. 
highlighting what we thought were the most important things that we need to do. And, and a lot of this was stuff that we were all doing already. And maybe as DeFi players, we just take it for granted, but maybe it's we need to do a better job communicating to the broader crypto community and even beyond that to regulators and the like, how DeFi works. The fact that everything that we are doing is 100% verifiable on chain. That transparency is so critical. You know, if you think about it, all of this conversation about centralized exchanges, reserve balances, proof of assets, proof of liabilities. If you want to, you can go to our contracts. You can go to our a dashboard that we've done with Nansen recently. They're all verifiable. They're all available. Every every penny is, is accounted for. The owners through GLP are accounted for. Every position is transparent, available, on-chain, and verifiable. That transparency, I think, is very important. Beyond that, we need to make sure that we also deal with the user experience. No doubt, one of the big advantages centralized exchanges have had has been the comfort that they've provided and the fact that they've removed friction from the environment. And that involves not just, that's not something that any one player can solve, but it does mean working with leading bridges, uh, DeFi um, sorry, bridges and fee and on and off ramps to make sure that that, is, that works well. For example, on GMX now, we try to highlight a whole range of bridges and gateways that, that are available. We don't pick them. We just make sure we highlight all the opportunities because it should be an open environment and an open marketplace where you can find the best solutions to address your needs. Yeah, and uh, what advice would you give to DeFi users to protect themselves when exploring new protocols? Obviously, you know, research is important. And, and I would say that research is not easy. And I mean, I think that that's, that's, that's one of the most difficult things. It is also quite often that some of the most innovative products are sometimes some of the newest protocols. So you have to be, you do need to, you do need to understand the potential risks that you're taking. And I think that is something that is easier said than done. Um, and it's something that, you know, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, we, we make a point that, you know, while we do a lot of collaborations, we don't, we don't tend to endorse other protocols because for example, even we are comfortable to say that with confidence that we know what everybody's code is and it all works how people have intend. And and you know, it, it is it is a space that obviously there is a lot of risk. So that that could be at the, the contract level. There's all there's also an entirely additional layer of risks that relate to you know self-sovereign control over your wallets and potential risks that do come with that. Despite all the freedom that it gives you, it it does come with its with, with trade-offs. So, you know, one of the things we do spend a lot of time on is we actually have our own FAQ where we try to highlight, you know, good safety precautions that people should be taking to keep their assets safe. Uh, you should in invariably try to see if you can find reputable voices uh, within the space. Again, maybe not the easiest thing. I mean, you guys are actually, I think, one of the more considered voices, um, you know, within the crypto space. Um, and... And, you know, it's a little bit hard because I'll just say this. I mean, as a, we're in a non-team. Um, and, you know, I think that's been generally viewed by many as a negative. Um, I, what I would hope is the following, that if, if the team is a non, I hope people do scrutinize the code as much or even more. And hopefully the combination of that scrutiny and making sure that the code is solid and the the track record should be, you know, a, you know, a combination should be a useful guiding light. Okay, thank you. Uh, very, very useful recommendations. Um, just to 
wrap up our session. Um, is there anything that you are looking forward into in the Web3 sp space in the next upcoming months? So from, from a Web3 or maybe more into just DeFi within Web3, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to just see how, you know, different protocols can work together um, with actually with, with mobile wallets and, and other sort of uh, gateways to really try to bring together a complete user experience for, uh, for, for users who are entering the crypto environment. You know, listen, with integrations of NFTs and product, uh, items like that with, you know, uh, Instagram and you know, Facebook has been looking at it, Twitter invariably feels like it's going to be going further into that route. More and more people are going to slowly be exposed. And as they're exposed to that, I'd love to I'd love to see that their experience of the Web3 is a Web3 experience. You know, so we're listed on Binance, love what CZ is doing, but I don't want them to think that you go to Coinbase or you go to or you go to um or you go to Binance to buy your NFTs, but to interact with communities, to go through their wallets, I'd much rather that be an experience that doesn't have as many barriers in between. And I, I, I'm excited to just see how everybody kind of, you know, works in the collective interest to try to create that experience. So, you know, I think that's going to be something I really am excited to see. Uh, and I think the need now has become front of mind, right, um, for a lot of people. Yep. Great. Um, so, CoinFlip, uh, thank you so much for joining us and for having this for having this chat. Um, I know you are super sick, and I hope you get uh, some rest very soon. Um, is there anything uh, you want to say before we close our session? No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity. I as I said I am sorry that I'm not feeling well, but I really wanted the opportunity to just to interact with with you and your community. So I do appreciate that opportunity. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. This was a great session, uh, more than 2,000 people uh, listening live. And this will be the end of the Poolside with Focus Starter. Thank you everyone for joining us. If you have any topic or guests you want to hear on Poolside, do let us know. Uh, and in case you missed the entire live session, make sure to subscribe to Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcast channels. And if you got curious, you didn't know GMX, go to gmx.io. So thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.